Welcome to or welcome back to the Made For More podcast with yours truly, McKenna Romaniano. And this podcast was designed to help you elevate your life, faith, fitness, and nutrition so that you leave with more than you came with. You are made for more and that's exactly what this podcast was created to show you. So let's level up together and jump into this episode. Welcome back to the podcast. And today we have Kayla Barton. She is a licensed professional counselor and a certified advanced alcohol and drug counselor. She also is a badass in the gym and believes the mental and physical is also super correlated. She also believes in having a strong, strong. Right. Well, I am 28 years old. I live in Pennsylvania. Um, Like you said, I am a licensed professional counselor in the state of Pennsylvania, also a certified advanced alcohol and drug counselor. Um, And yeah, so that is what I do for work. Uh, for fun, my free time, I'm, you can always catch me in the gym. I have two dogs. Um, my dog's birthday is actually today. So once we wrap this up, we're going to Rita's to get a pup cup. Oh my um, gosh, I love. <laughs> so yeah, when I'm not in the gym, when I'm not at work, I'm with my family. I'm at home. I'm with my dogs, um, spending time with them. I'm very much more of a homebody in that sense, but, um, yeah, that's what I like to do. That's a little bit about me. So Oh my gosh. You're, you're, I was like, before we started this podcast, we have so many different directions we can kind of go down because there's so much to talk about, not only in the therapy side of things, but in the lifting side of things and the correlations. So start yeah. us off from the beginning, like the fitness side of you, what happened? Bikini competition in there somewhere too. fill us yeah. all in. Yeah. So I always loved the gym. Like I, when I played sports, like we would, we would have weight room time and things like that. And I really got into it then. Um, I definitely fell off when I went away to college. Like I still kind of gymmed, but like, it wasn't like anything super crazy. I graduated from undergrad, started a new job, um, got into grad school, did all of that stuff. And unfortunately, like the weight just like packed on through years of just not really taking care of myself. Um, so I always tell people that like, I remember January 1st of 2020, I took, I I guess it's a progress picture. I don't know. I just took a picture of myself. Um, and I told myself like in a year, you won't look like this. Um, so I just kind of manifested that. And then I, you know, I started to get more of a gym routine and then, um, how we knew each other is from Brooklyn. And I remember I was following her, um, a couple months, honestly. And I would always save her workouts and I would like do them at the gym. And then I was like, you know what? Like I should just reach out. Like I should, um, reach out. I was a poor grad student. I was working at target part-time, like, you know, didn't really know how I was going to afford to do this, but I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And the week that the world shut down for the pandemic in March of 2020 is when, I started working with her. Um, so that's kind of like the beginning of my fitness journey, whatever you want to call it. Um, and yeah, like we dove like right into a cut. Like my body was at the point where like, that's like where I started. Um, and then, I mean, I don't know which direction you want me to go, but like, that was the beginning of everything. Um, like, like I said, my fitness journey, like starting. Yeah. And so at that point, where were you at job wise and like counseling wise? 
So March of 2020, I was two months away from graduation of grad school. Um, so I was working part-time at Target and I was doing my internship at a private practice. Um, and then, you know, obviously I had to make a decision of what I was going to do when I was graduating. So obviously <laughs> I got out of Target. I actually really did enjoy Target. It was just very like, like mindless work compared to like what I do for my job. So I actually really enjoyed working there. Um, so I started working full time at the private practice that I interned at. Um, it was a little, it was so hard becoming a counselor at this time because of the pandemic. Nobody really knew what to do. So we finished online classes. Everything was virtual. All sessions were virtual. Um, and it was really hard for me because obviously you're not taught how to really do virtual counseling. Um, you're not. Let alone like, let alone in a pandemic. Like exactly, exactly. That's not in a textbook anywhere. They have made textbooks about it since <laughs> in the past three years. They really wow. have. But yeah, so like no one knew what the hell they were doing. I, you know, thankfully was still blessed enough to have a job, have some income. It was nowhere near like what I needed, but you know, we everyone was just figuring it out. Um, so it was really difficult um, because I never really got the like in-person experience. Um, so I was virtual for about like a year. Um, I don't wanna get ahead of myself, but I did switch jobs like a, a little over a year after the pandemic had started. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was a crazy time. I can't believe it was three years ago. <laughs> I know, I saw like the Instagram trend going around like three years ago, like the transformations and just trends and things like that going on. It was like three years ago. I know. Like a lot can change in three years. Like it was supposed to be a two week lockdown. I remember exactly <laughs> where I was. I was in Florida and I was immediately sent home. <laughs> They're like, you're not being here right now. No, I totally yeah. remember that. But yeah, similar to you, like I started with Brooklyn, I think in May of 2020. Um, mm -hmm. So we were one of like the OGs I like to describe yeah. us as, and obviously yeah. <laughs> still in contact today, which I love, but going into kind of that journey for you, because we were on the team, like her coaching team at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I was there for like six ish months or so. And then I just see you out of the blue prepping for a bikini competition. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And this girl's transformation. Can I tell you literally jaw drops on the floor? Um, I am absolutely obsessed with you, but <laughs> how did you get from just working with a fitness coach and not everybody has to take it this far. Let me just clarify. I did it. A lot of people don't, no. but like, what got you in that mindset of, I want to go and compete. <laughs> So it's so funny because I never had any plans of ever competing. Like there were some people at my gym that were, and I was just like, dude, I don't know how anybody in their right sane sound mind could do something like this. And then you did it. <laughs> so, you know, like I did a full, like, I want to say it was probably like five, six month cut with Brooklyn, made insane progress, went into a full blown reverse because my body just kind of hit this point where it was kind of like, we're done with this cut. Like we're just done. Um, it, it's like so weird to describe because it's like, how do I know if my body's like ready to reverse? And then like a week later, my body was like, you know, hey. <laughs> like we just knew. Um, so like, I reversed for 
I don't know, probably like eight months maybe. And then I, it was around the time that I switched jobs and I was like thinking to myself, like what for me, I always need a goal in the gym um, because if I don't, I get very lackadaisical. So, you know, I've been reversing for a good while. I was really happy with where I was. And then, um, you know, um, prep season had started and some people in my gym are prepping and things like that. And I was just like, huh, that's really interesting. And then I told myself I could never do it. And I was like, you dumb bitch, you're going to go do it. So like, that was literally it. That was it. Like there was no like, Ooh, like appeal. It's literally because I told myself I couldn't. And I was like, bet like I'm going to. So I always say it's me versus me, but literally that is what it was. There there was no external force. It was strictly because I told myself I couldn't, that I wanted to prove myself wrong. (laughs) No, I love that. I love that. And then that honestly, perfectly into like the mental piece of things. How did that affect you mentally? Because honestly, I thought about competing for a multiple on multiple occasions, but I'm like mentally, I don't think with everything going on in my life, I could handle that. And with you starting, not even starting a new job, but transitioning jobs, like how Mm -hmm. did you mentally cope with going into such a severe cut and a regime like that? Prep is intense. Yeah, it's not for the week. And there's just so many things you learn along the way that like people just like don't really talk about. Like, I love that people share their prep journeys and stuff on social media, but I also think there's a lot that's like kept in the dark and you just kind of have to figure that out like once you're in it um so for me like mentally it was interesting because yes I did transition into a new job I think well I was at my job three months before I started prep um I started prep in June of 21 and my show was in November of 21 um oh wow I didn't I, I didn't dive into a cut right away we reversed for maybe like five weeks six weeks like because I went on vacation in July of 21 I got engaged and then as soon as I got back from that vacation is like when we then we started taking that prep super seriously and then we started cutting um so it's it's lonely. It really is because I never wanted to project how I was feeling onto other people. Like I put myself in the situation. I got to be able to prep. I got to be able to compete. Um, nobody else should be affected by my decision to do that. So a lot of times I just, I was quiet. Um, the days that I was hungry, the days that I was so freaking tired, um, you know, I was eating very minimal food and I was in the gym for two and a half hours a day. I was a crackhead with how I did, I did my gym time. Cause a lot of people have the luxury of like splitting up like cardio and, um, weight training and stuff. I was a crackhead and I did it all in the morning. Um, I was up at like four or 5 AM every day. So mentally it becomes so draining. Um, but I knew that, this was no one else's problem, but mine. So I just was very quiet. Like I didn't really talk to people. I didn't want to be moody. Um, so yeah, I guess that's like the best way I can describe it is I just very much stayed to myself mentally. I mean, obviously I was still in therapy and things like that. I've been with my therapist for, um, this one, my most recent therapist I've been with for like three years, actually more than that, like three and a half. Um, so I was, you know, taking care of myself in that way. Um, you know, 
but as far as like interactions with other people, I really tried to keep it limited, <laughs> which like obviously like is not my field of work that I'm in. Um, but that's like where my energy was. My energy was in the morning with training, getting all my shit done. And then I had a little break and then like the rest of my energy went into my clients. And then like, I just came home and I would just a recluse. <laughs> yeah. No, people don't realize how much it takes out of you. And it looks cool to be like on the stage of the bikini, which you looked incredible. And I know that took so much effort from you and just your yeah. smile in those photos from that day, like your smile says mm -hmm. it all. It genuinely yeah. says it all. And just like how proud you were of yourself, because I mean, right. I was screaming when Brooklyn and you posted <laughs> the photo. Um, but yeah, so with like being mentally, like you kept yourself small because that was the only way you could protect yourself at that point. Obviously yeah. not sustainable whatsoever like <laughs> you could not live like that um so how oh, did you no. transition out because that's another hard change is going from something super super regimented to yeah. living your normal daily life and like that I guess also the body changes too because you can't be that lean forever no. it's not no. sustainable so how did you cope with that mentally those changes <laughs> um Again, like it was just it, myself, like, so, you know, I was super, super lean, lost my cycle, no energy, no sex drive, no nothing. Like literally when I tell people, like, I'm like, be prepared to be a zombie. You just exist. Like physically you're here, mentally nobody's home. Um, but you know what? I loved prep. I never complained. I woke up with a fire under my ass every single day, even though I knew I was about to spend two and a half hours in the gym, like doing cardio and lifting, you know? Um, so again, like that's like the non-glamorizing part that people don't talk about. I mean, there's a bunch more, um, like when you're six weeks out and you're like literally a string bean and you're like, I'm still not lean enough. And it's like, girl, you're a skeleton, like get it together. Yeah. Um, the body dysmorphia is oh elevated when you're in that survival mode. I mean, I can speak from personal experience being not in prep, obviously, but like right. super small, like your right. heightened yeah. sensitivity to your body is ridiculous. It's insane because like at that point I was taking progress pictures. Like it went from like once a week to like twice a week to like every day. So it's like, I notice little things every single day and it's just so hard not to nitpick. And it's just like, and your stomach, like you become so sensitive to foods. Like I literally had to eat the same exact thing Sunday through Saturday, like no alcohol, no cheat meals. I got like maybe a few refeeds just to see closer to my showtime, just to see how my body was. Cause we did have to like, obviously pull my food up like before show just to see how my body would respond. But other than that, I got nothing. So, you know, again, very heightened sense. Um, show day came, show day was amazing. I, you know, so happy, so proud of myself. It was a great experience. Um, but the biggest struggle and like people always say this, but people don't talk about this part. And this is like, what grinds my gears a little bit is like the reverse out of prep. Exactly. That is a million, that is a million times harder than prepping in itself. And for me, it really, really was hard because I came out of prep right before Thanksgiving the holidays, Christmas, New Year's, like I had to reverse through those holidays. And let me tell you, it was so hard. Um, but 
again, proud of myself. People ask me how I do it. I don't know. I just don't give myself an option. I'm a super disciplined person. Like if coach puts it in my plan, like I'm just doing it. No fucking questions asked. Like I, I just execute. And I remember talking about that, like, um, in one of my Instagram, like talks about prep, um, and I just executed and I was so uncomfortable. One, no one tells you that like, you're going to start reversing like the day after your show. Like it's immediately calories go back up and people don't talk about, um, like your stomach, like, oh my God, I was bloated for weeks just because my body wasn't used to that. Like, it was so uncomfortable. Like I had to walk and eat at the same time, or I had to like eat my meal and immediately walk. Like people don't like, that's not the glamorizing part. Like, um, and then like, I've never really experienced body dysmorphia until like coming out of prep. I mean, I experienced it during prep too, but mostly like coming out of it. Like people talk about like, oh yeah, it took me like a month or two to like, you know, really get comfortable. Girl, it took me like eight. Like I like didn't look in mirrors. I just like, you know, wasn't wearing the clothing that I really wanted to wear. Like I just like couldn't even look at myself because it was so uncomfortable going from something so lean to something that wasn't. And it wasn't like, you know, I looked horrible. Like I didn't, I didn't look horrible, but like your mind, like it's more mental than anything prep um, reversing out of prep, everything. Yes. Like there's a physical aspect to it, obviously, but I want to say it's like 70% mental. Like, no, I can totally see that. I can totally see that because it is, like you said, you're just a disciplined person. Like if someone tells you to do something, you're going to, you're going to just execute. Like that's just what Mm -hmm. you do. And that's honestly Mm -hmm. super hard to find. Um, but like you trusted the process and that, in and of itself, eight months of just, first of all, eight months were reversing to begin with. Like you went into a cut first with Brooklyn and then eight months, people don't give it the time it needs. Like eight months of reversing Mm -hmm. is a long fucking time to sit there and eat Mm -hmm. more food and get uncomfortable. Like that's Mm -hmm. a long time. So put in the work before, and it's obviously going to pay off because you ended up competing in a bikini competition after you ate more food than you probably ever thought you could. And then you reverse back out of that. Like you've been through a lot like a lot, a lot within fitness from going, like you said, in college to not really exercising much to going into grad school, getting a job and being like, I'm going to just, why not? Like, why not do this? So would you ever do it again? I know you said you loved it, but would you ever do it again? I did think about doing it. I did think about doing a show this like March or April. Um, and I considered starting prep like January 1st. Um, but I just decided not to, because I have so many wonderful things happening this year in my life that, and there's just so much going on. Like I didn't want to have to restrict myself. Like during prep, I had weddings. I was taking my Tupperware to the weddings. I was, that's wild. Like, you know, like I couldn't drink any alcohol and like, you know, like it's just like water. Mio becomes your best friend, like, you know, and like you're bringing Tupperware and then like, you literally are planning your life around the gym, your meals, everything. Like I had, I was drinking a gallon, half a water a day, sometimes two, like bringing that everywhere, like not being able to like do anything for more than 15 minutes without peeing. Like it was just, I'd be waking up all night, all like hours in the night. Like it just takes so much. And like, I am not a half-assed person. Like if I'm going to prep, I'm going to do it and be in it. And I just like thought more and more to myself. I talked to Brooklyn. I was like, you know what? I just don't think it's like, I don't want to restrict myself this year. Like I have so many fun things going on that I just, it's not, it wasn't worth it to me. 
to do it but like I never say never I'm totally up to like maybe do it one day but just like not not now I'm obsessed with your mindset because I mean obviously you're a counselor so like you know what you're talking about, but like the fact that you're like, oh yeah. So I know what would have to do to be into prep and I can totally do that, but I want to live my life right now. And that's more important to me than looking a certain way. Like that outlook, if I could just take it out of your brain and throw it into everybody (laughs) that I talk to, like we need more people that have that mentality because it's so hard to get there because society obviously, but the relationship you have with yourself is just insane because you can tell yourself, oh, I'll do it hundred percent. But also like, I want to live my life and you're planning a wedding. And like, all of these things are kind of coming up and it's just like, life is more important than the gym at this point in your life, which is completely exactly. valid and completely fine. The gym should fit into your exactly. life, which I think I love that balance that you have right now. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, it's just beautiful. <laughs> Especially to watch like your transformation since I knew you from literally the beginning. Like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Like I said, like, I just like, I can't, half-ass anything and I think that's like what a lot of people like granted like I feel I don't know I've done one show like I am not like a like I'm I don't know everything but I think a lot of people just like do it for the aesthetics and because they want to be super lean and I'm like you can like achieve like a good looking body like you can put yourself through a cut like if you've reversed properly and have had your food high I well that's number one. Um, but like, you know, you can do other things. Cause I, when I talked to Brooklyn, I was like, yeah, we're not going to compete, but like, I've been in a maintenance phase reverse ish, like kind of both since like September. And I will be until like May, June, and then I'm going to start cutting for my wedding, you know? So like, I'm really taking the time to grow. And I just think people, want to achieve things so quickly I mean that's like a whole other thing of like the fitness industry um but I also think people like put themselves into prep for wrong reasons and like don't really fully know what they're getting themselves into for sure and it's the delayed gratification I think I heard somebody else talk about this relatively recently it was like that's the our biggest superpower is delayed gratification if we can Mm -hmm. put something off and be like future me is going to thank me for this that is something that we as a society need to work more on is that delayed gratification? I mean, me too. I'm included. (laughs) No, I think we all are in some extent, but yeah, like, no, people just really want things and they want them now. And I get that. Um, but people also just want what they want now. And just because they want it, they think they need to get it. And, um, you know, so yeah, I just think that there's a lot of misinformation out there. I think people aren't willing to put in the work or the time or just like want it for wrong reasons. Um, because there's just so many things that like, you know, again, like I said, like nobody talks to you about this. You kind of find out for yourself. And then unfortunately, like luckily for me, obviously having Brooklyn as a coach was amazing. Like reversing was super hard, but she like, she was my cheerleader all steps of the way. Like, you know, um, but some people really just go into it with not like a great support system or they don't do, or they don't have a coach, which like, oh my gosh, like I can't, um, you know, so it's almost like setting yourself up for failure and like, I I really feel bad. Um, but yeah, so, um, whole other tangent I could go on, but yeah, so. (laughs) No, I love that. And then you talked about misconceptions. I want to kind of reel it back the other way. Mm -hmm. Misconceptions. I mean, I'm personally in therapy. I love therapy. What are some misconceptions (laughs) that you hit, right? What are some misconceptions about therapy? Cause I, I mean, I, all my content is about misconceptions in the gym, but I, we have a therapist in the house, ladies and gentlemen. So tell us some misconceptions about therapy. 
Oh my gosh. I, when I saw that you had put this question in here, I was so happy, but I also was like, Kelly, you have to like narrow your list down <laughs> because I think there's so many, but I think the biggest one, um, cause I took, I took a lot of time thinking about this cause I'm just like, what do like, what are the patterns that I see? Like, what are the patterns that I hear about? And I think the biggest one is people coming into therapy and expecting it expecting it expecting me to be like the fix-all like like you're gonna fix me or like this like this just coming to therapy is going to fix me without doing anything else oh my gosh I love that that's that's but it's so common in a lot of other aspects I'm gonna cut you off for a second because I am obsessed with this I made a post about this the other day. People expect if they buy a gym membership, they're going to get fit. People expect if they buy healthy food, they're going to eat better. You have to actually put in the work. If same thing with a fitness coach, like if you hire a fitness coach, you're going to get fit. No. And not unless you actually put in the work. So same thing with therapy, carry on. <laughs> no, I love that. I did see that. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent. So like I can do magical things. Like I'll toot my own horn. Like, I can do magical things. I can do magical things, but I sometimes cannot make the, the rabbit come out of the hat. Like, you know, like, so when people come to me and I specifically work with teenagers, so that's just like a whole other like direction in itself. I love working with my teens. I really, really do. Um, but this happens with adults as well. Like people just come in and they're like, okay, well, you're the professional you should know what to do like make me better but then they're not they don't give me anything to go off of I'm like well you need to open up like you need to give me more like I can't just like like swing in the mist like I don't like what are we doing here so it's like going to the doctor and asking for medication but not telling what their symptoms are right so like like they can't give you anything exactly literally exactly it right so or so like that it can kind of go one of two directions like one it's like people just come but they like don't want to talk and like and I'm usually very like I get it like sometimes people have never been in therapy they don't know what to expect like you know sometimes I have to kind of be like okay so like let's like start like try to give them a starting point um but I think the other misconception is like just coming to therapy is going to be good enough and like you'll be feel better and maybe that works for like two percent of the population like you know but like there's so much more like you know like I'm not a homework person like I'm not a homework therapist sometimes I am I just assigned my client homework yesterday so like I have to take that back but like if we're talking about like other things too like some people like it's therapy and sometimes you know people are on medication as well and I think that's great like I think that combo works really well for people it's usually more effective that way if you're doing like medication and therapy but also like it we need to be doing other things obviously for us it's the gym like we like that like really gives us purpose and fulfills us and whatnot um for other people that could be I don't know like my coworker rock climbs like you know like that gives him purpose like that's what his fun is that's what his outlet is um for some people it could be like crocheting like I don't know so like we also need to incorporate other things there is no one-stop shop we need to come up with what is all in our toolkit um and actually go do those things not just like think they're good ideas because when people tell me that stuff I'm like are you just telling me the things that sound good that you want me to hear or is this stuff that you actually have done that you know works no for sure and you know so like that's like so those are like the two like 
big, big ones, I think. Um, again, like some people, I, I give it, you know, people are new to therapy, people like don't really know what to expect. Some people are scared. Like I get that. Like, that's like not the case. Uh, that's like not what I'm referring to, but it's more so like, you got to fix me or like, this is all I'm doing. So why am I not feeling better? Or why yeah. can't I get past certain things? Yeah. And I think you have to feel worse before you can feel better in some instances. When you look at like, if you're in a, for example, like going into like trauma therapy, my therapist was like, yeah, I'm not going to open that box right now because I'm only with her for another month or so. And she's like, we're not going to touch that because that's going to be a very mm -hmm. sensitive topic and we're not going to go there, mm -hmm. but then you have to feel <laughs> worse and open up about these things. And it's an emotional roller coaster at times. And people don't realize how much it takes out of you. Sometimes at a therapy session, you could feel like you just ran a half marathon. Like it is intense yeah. sometimes. And you really have to give yourself mm -hmm. that space to be okay, not to be okay. And it's a safe, it's a safe space, a therapist office. Of course it is, but it also is going to get you uncomfortable, but in the best way possible, because you're break, it's like going to the gym, you're breaking down all these pieces of like your muscles or what in your brain and whatever, like you're breaking down these things to then build them back up stronger. Same thing, gym, same thing, therapy. Like you have to do the hard work that people don't necessarily want to do or else everybody would be doing it to get that mm -hmm. result, which at the end, like you said, you've been in therapy, the same therapist for three and a half years. Like it's not a short-term thing. It's you have to put in the work like day in and day out. Yeah. And I've been in therapy for 12. Like, yeah. so it's just like, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, and I think like, that's a good point. Like people don't come to us when they feel well, you know, like usually like stuff has happened. Um, for me specifically, I work in drug and alcohol. Um, so a lot of times people don't come to us until they've hit rock bottom until they've been like, my life is unmanageable now. Like I don't have control or power over the situation. So they come to us. Um, a lot of times that's what they're like, you know, and I think, I think that's another misconception. People only think you come to therapy for like, because bad things are happening, you can come to therapy and good things are happening. You know, like your life doesn't have to be falling apart for you to be in therapy. So no, and it shouldn't, it honestly, I feel like it's like a checkup. Like you don't go to the doctor just when you're hurt or injured. Like you have your yeah. yearly checkup. Like you just go mm -hmm. and just check the pulse on things, make sure things are going all right. Um, and Oh, another thing I just thought of is if to date around for therapists, like the yeah, first one might not be the best one for you. I have a personal example my therapist about like <laughs> a week and a half ago, hated her. Nothing against the woman. She's a great woman. Just the fit was just not there. Like I tried so hard and it just, it, there was things yeah. that just red flags for me in person, personal mm -hmm. as a therapist. And I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. So I asked to switch therapists and she's beautiful. Chef's kiss, perfect match. But like, it takes time and it might not be the second chance. It might not be the third chance, but like you have to right. figure out what works for you and don't write it off because you have had one bad experience. Like there's right. more people out there for you. Right. And I think a lot of people do like a lot of people have negative experiences in therapy and it really makes me sad. Like, obviously like we don't want to traumatize anybody or re-traumatize anybody, um, but stuff happens, you know? Um, so, and like, you know, with medication, like sometimes like you try one, it doesn't work. So we try a different one. Therapy is very much the same way. Like you just, you kind of got to date around a little bit. Luckily I have been blessed to only have two therapists in my life. And like, it's worked out beautifully for me that I know that's not everybody else's story. Um, but I definitely think like people, like, I definitely don't want people to be discouraged if it doesn't go well that's okay like and as a therapist I mean I can't speak for all therapists I'm sure some therapists would be offended by that for me like I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea 
hell, people don't even like tea, you know, people like don't even want tea and that's fine, you know? So like, I'm not offended if I'm not the right one for you. Like, I know that my style is like different than other therapists. Like I get that. Like I'm not for everyone. Um, I'm not supposed to be for everybody, you know, like the clients that I have, you know, are with me for reasons. Um, so trust me, like your therapist will not get offended. And if they do, that's their own shit they got to work on. But, you know, like feel comfortable enough to be like, this isn't working. And like, I think I'm going to explore their options and, you know, they're, you know, it is a process. And I think people get frustrated and like, same thing with the gym, with therapy, with whatever, like when things just like get too tough or they're not going our way, we kind of just like give up, you know? Yeah. So. No, for sure. And I can tell it lights you up. So I want to ask like, what does light you up with what you do? Cause like you're <laughs> smiling this entire time, which I love. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. I've known that I wanted to be a therapist since I was in high school. So I am blessed enough to like, feel like I'm living my life's purpose. Um, so yeah, I wanted to know, like, I've known that since high school. Um, but just being able specifically, like I said, I, like I work with teenagers and like that, like a lot of people don't like working with teenagers because like they're hard and they are hard, <laughs> just they're very hard. Um, but I have such a soft spot. Um, you know, I love working with them. I love making, hopefully making a difference with them because I know like when I was their age, like, I wish I had somebody like me to be doing therapy with or like talk to or like relate to like yes like I am younger like so sometimes that's helpful that works out in my favor like I am closer in age with them than I would than like someone else would be like I have tattoos like I have a whole sleeve that kind of like gets me an in sometimes <laughs> um just like people are like oh she has tattoos like I guess she's kind of cool um you know so um I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like such a calling to that. And like, like, again, it's like my own stuff of like, I want to be what someone was to me also when I was that age. Um, you know, and things are scary. Like we're living in really scary times, like, you know, mental health on the rise. Um, the opioid crisis I posted about like two weeks ago, like I did unfortunately lose one of the kids that I worked with, um, to the opioid epidemic. So like, I really just want to be able to help as many people as possible, you know, and um, last thing I'll say is, I think it's also important to remember, like, in my field, like, a lot of times, like, we get stuck in this cycle of, like, I need to see a client from A to Z. Sometimes I'm only with that client from A to J, or, like, Q to Y, you know, like, I'm, I sometimes don't get to see, like, the full circle moment, um, but just knowing that I was with them for a chunk of time and hopefully had somewhat of an impact just really keeps me going. Yeah. I vividly remember a couple of therapists that I had when I was younger and like, they probably don't know that. And they've had hundreds of clients, but like they made an impact on me and like, I can only thank them for that. You know, how do you compartmentalize that? Because that's hard dealing with, especially in the work that you do specifically, not like clocking off and signing off and like shutting that piece of your brain off because I'm sure it doesn't work like that. But how do you compartmentalize like work, not leaving at work, but trying your best to leave that at work versus like your home life? Because you're dealing with really heavy stuff every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I don't because I'm human. Like, you know, um, they try to like teach us 
in grad school how to compartmentalize, um, which is all fine in D&D. I think it's just like, you kind of have to figure it out for yourself. Like for me, I'm lucky enough to work in a place where like, I really enjoy my coworkers. So I'm able to process a lot of stuff there. Cause I feel like when people like aren't in jobs that they like, or they work with people they don't like, like a lot of it just like obviously stays, you know, balled up. And then they unravel when they get home. Like, like I said, luckily enough, I'm blessed to have some really good coworkers that like I talk to and I can kind of process at work. And then like, by the time I get home, if, you know, Michael's like, how was your day? Like, I just kind of give him like the generalizations. Like, I don't feel the need to just really like, uh, some days I do because, you know, life happens. Um, but I intentionally try to separate Um but usually when I can't, I just keep like, again, I just like keep it to myself. Like if I had like a negative interaction or like something like didn't go the way I planned in one of my groups, or like I had like a weird conversation with a kid or something like best believe that that is running in my head when I'm trying to fall asleep and into the next day. Like, I feel like sometimes people think, and I've had this sent to me, like, you know, like therapists are only in it for the money. Like, you know, you don't really care about us. Like, child, there are so many jobs out there that I could be doing. If I didn't want to be in this one, trust that I would not be like, you know, so like, I really am in it because like, that's where I want to be. But like, we take stuff home. Like if I had a negative interaction with you or like you took something that I said, like out of context or like spun it, like I am going to replay that for the next 14 hours in my You're human head. too. You're <laughs> exactly. so human. And like, people don't realize same thing with like social media. People don't realize social people on social media are real and people don't realize therapists are real. And it's just, we all have our own issues and something that somebody said in your therapy session could trigger you. And then you have to talk about it with your therapist. Like we are literally all so human. And I think that's so funny when people compartmentalize therapists in a box and say, Oh, like you get to just clock out and like, don't think about it. I have a therapist tell me like, I've thought about you off the clock. And like, that makes me like, oh man, am I really that client? You know what I mean? Like that problem. Um, but yeah, like, what do you do to I do it? I, know, too, though. I do it. <laughs> I know like you, you said you just dump it, not dump it, but like process it through your coworkers, which is great. And then you just kind of keep it to yourself and you, you're human. So it happens sometimes. Is there anything that you do specifically like cooking or going to the gym or like grocery shopping or walking your dogs? Like, what do you do to kind of help you get out of your head in those situations? Yeah, I think just for me, having a routine is so freaking key. Um, you know, I gym in the morning mostly. Today I gymmed at um like after work, but keeping my routine, coming home, like I have like this whole thing, like I eat dinner, Michael and I like we talk about our day. Um and then like I, you know, go get my things ready for the next day excuse me, like if sports are on, like I'll watch sports. The Phillies are back in action. Yesterday was opening day. So, you know, like um, we always have sports on in our household, but doing that, like stretching, oh, I've learned so much like from trauma-informed like yoga and like stuff like that, just like being able to like release some of that through the body because like our body stores so much, like just being I able to- I need to dive into that. that. My oh friend Gabby, my she, she turned me on to this the other day. She was on her stories and she's actually been on the podcast, but she's like, my shoulder hurts so bad the other day, like so, so bad. And she's like, I didn't do anything to it. Like it just, it hurts. And I couldn't really move it. And she's like, I looked into it and she's like, that's where you hold grief. It's like, holy shit. Like, 
mind blown. She's like, yeah, so I have to work through that now. Like that is insane that your body can hold on to that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If Physically. You read the, body, the body keeps the score. We had to read it in grad school. The body keeps the score. It's great, 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 great book. Um, for me, like a lot of it's like, just like trauma, like you hold like in your hips, like your hip flexors, like everything, like your hips, like that is where you need to let go. Yes, girl. Same. Like same. that <laughs> is like when my therapist opened me up to that, I was like, it's like, it's like, what is that? The little mermaid, a whole new world, like whatever it was, like, that's like what I felt like. I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. And like, I was like, Tara, why am I crying? And she goes, oh, that's normal. It's fine. <laughs> like, just like, and I was like, okay. Um, you know, like we hold so much and like, our body always remembers our brain is super freaking smart and is so good at, at like repressing everything acting like you know like things didn't happen keep like storing that so far down we don't remember where it is but our body never forgets ever ever like you know like we could have a reaction like we could flinch we could like whatever and it's like what the hell was that and it's you know like we cognitively can't process it but our body super like so smart like it's nerding out about how cool like the mind and body are and like the connection I love it because also I mean same thing with like celiac disease and like the gut issues that a lot of people are experiencing now the gut issues that humans on this earth are experiencing are way on the rise and that is purely due to like society and how pressured we are as like young children to do this a certain way and like get good grades and like it's just the way society has been and a lot more gut dysbiosis has been discovered because of like childhood trauma and it doesn't have to be anything crazy like people process trauma differently one person Mm -hmm. one thing could be traumatic for one person and not for another but the way that like most of society has been experiencing things and the way that we've been grown up like a lot of people have gut issues like it's on the rise and it's because (laughs) literally same and it's because probably of what happened in our childhood and like something kind of somewhere and our body remembered it and it built up an antibody to it and you have an autoimmune condition like snap Mm -hmm. crackle pop like it's so crazy how our bodies can remember all these things and it just doesn't make sense but like it doesn't have to make sense because it is what it is like it it's there for a reason you just can't cognitively Mm -hmm. process it which is wild to me I know I know and a good point to bring up too that you mentioned is like trauma is like so different for everybody else and like trauma like doesn't have to be like this major life event that doesn't have to be a repetitive event like you know like people are like well I wasn't like abused like I wasn't assaulted like you know and I'm like and you know like obviously those are like big T's like those are big traumas um but you know like even like something like bullying or like online shit with the social media nowadays like that can be traumatic for people like people are mean you know like oh my gosh like so like you know I think people overuse the word trauma, but I also think people underuse it too. Like people are really like, well, like, you know, like I wasn't like abused. So like, I don't have a room to talk. Like I don't have trauma. Um, Or some people don't even like the word trauma. So we just say, you know, like, um, you know, different like life experiences or like, you know, stressful experiences in life. Um, You know, if people have an aversion to the word trauma. So yeah, I think that's a good point to bring up as well. I love that. Also, also what nobody tells you this just like made me think of like when you were talking about like the gut issues um side note when I came out of prep I got endometriosis so no way I didn't know that about you neither did I until last summer 
<laughs> so wow. yeah, like when we met up for the shop gym, in yeah, August, about I was on, I was, I had my cycle when we were there, and like I think it was right around then, or it might have been at the end of the month. I can't honestly remember, but I had to go to my um, OB OB because. I had cramps that could not be taken. Like nothing could get rid of them. Like I literally thought I was dying one night. Like I just remember like it was like three o'clock in the morning. I took, I, please don't do this anybody, but like I took like eight Tylenol. Like I was desperate. Like I literally was like, I like don't know what's wrong with my body. Like nothing is working. So I went and got, so I went to my OB, I followed up, got an appointment and what's interesting is so apparently my mom had endometriosis but she but it never flared up for her the only reason she knew is when she got a hysterectomy they were like hey like you know there's like all this stuff like on your uterus like did you know that you had endo and she was like no like never had any symptoms never flared up she had it she just didn't know it so for me when I was talking to my OB I was like you know like I don't understand what's happening. Like, this is not normal. Like I know my body, like always advocate for your body ladies. Like, please, 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 please. I was like, this isn't normal help. And she was like, so we were talking about like the timeline of things. And I, we started to kind of connect that me coming out of prep, like, and re like balancing my hormones, like flared up endometriosis. So wild. No, that's actually crazy because, yeah, I mean, same thing with celiac autoimmune. The second that yeah. I like started not eating enough food for my body and really just not eating mm-hmm. dessert, like celiac just popped up. And we think my grandmother had it dormant. Maybe at the end of her life, it kind of popped up a bit more, but that's wild that like something so simple as like, I mean, I won't say simple, but something so innocent as like going through prep, like that wasn't intended to harm your body. I mean, naturally your cycle is going to go away, but now you have something right. like this. You have like a tattoo of like, I went through prep and it's not going away now. Like it's stuck on you like glue. Permanent. So like ladies just like, again, like shit they don't tell you about like prepping and like what could happen and like, like not just even like gaining weight back, but like rebalancing your hormones, things like that, like things that could pop up. Like I never expected this to happen. Like I just, you know, I was like, I, I don't understand like what is happening to my body. Um, but always advocate yourself, see your doctor. If your doctor's like, I don't know, I'm a big advocate for that. You know, um, she gave me a bunch of options, but you know, I kind of held my ground of what I wanted to do and be comfortable with but yeah when you said that I was like oh my god like that was like another point of like prep too like that yeah. happened it was wild but no then with yeah. prep too I'm curious how has your relationship with food changed before during yeah. and after because that's a lot of yeah time. it was a lot it was a lot so leading up to it great like honestly like awesome during um it's like this weird, like, I don't know, it just like happens. So like you get so used to being hungry that you don't get hungry anymore. Like you're eating very minimally and you think that you'd be starving, but it's so weird. Like, I don't even remember at like what point of prep it like changed for me, but like, I just became food focused. 
Like it wasn't even like I was hungry. I was just like hypersensitive of food. Like I couldn't even like look at food. I was like, because if I look at food then I'm unwanted and then I'm gonna have to go through this thing. Um, I did have like a gum addiction <laughs> during prep. Like I chewed a pack of gum a day. Like it was really bad. Um, it makes sense. It all makes sense physiologically. Like it all, it like, all adds up. I needed the oral fixation. So like yep. I was, you know, I do struggle a little bit with nicotine. So I was smoking cigarettes. I was chewing gum like crazy. Like for me, I was like, if I can't eat food, I need to satisfy that oral sensation somehow. And those are the two main things that like I turned to because that's all I could do. That wasn't like, you know, um, so food became, it became a little weird, one, just because I had to reintroduce certain, like pretty much all food back into my system. Cause I was living off of chicken, green beans, rice cakes. Um, what else was I eating? Nope. That was it. Um, yogurt. That was it. <laughs> like I was eating the blandest of foods. So like every time I reintroduced something, oh my God, my stomach was upset. I was so bloated. Blah, blah, blah. So like it got frustrating, um, there were definitely like fear foods um, that I experienced. Um, I'm still like the only one that still is weird for me is bagels. I did like it, like that's like it has been a fear food like since prep and it just kind of hasn't gone away. Everything else I've like pretty much worked through. Bagels are still very like weird for me. I can't buy them. Like I don't keep them in my house. Like I think I've had a few, I don't know. Um, but you understand because like, it's so hard. Like when we've been tracking or like, we know so much about the ingredients and food, we literally see food as protein, carbs, and fats. So like, I know like that has like at least 20 grams of fat in it. Like I can't bring myself to eat that or, you know, so it was a lot of that. Like it wasn't reprogramming your brain because at that point, that's where a lot of people also go into prep because they had a disorder eating background or eating disorder. And so they do that to kind of mask it or you Mm -hmm. come out the other end and you kind of develop disordered eating just naturally through the process because it is such a rigid and calculated thing. And I do see protein, carbs, fat, but I also like now healing that relationship with food. I'm sure you're the same too, coming out of prep. It's like, well, you even said it yourself. Like I'm living my life. You're going to have some wedding cake. You're going to have this and that. And like, Yes, of course, we need to hit our goals. We need to hit these like numbers if we're in a more serious, like I guess, prepping phase, if you're doing Mm -hmm. that, or even just like a normal cut or a bulk or maintenance, like we have to hit our numbers. But it gets to the point, it can get to the point and to be careful of like, Mm -hmm. I only see food as like a number, which that limits the enjoyability of it. And like, Mm -hmm. I can say I've come a decent way where I no longer see food as like solely, okay, just for sustenance. But like now it's like, okay, I would rather have this over this, even though this one has probably a little bit more fat and not as much protein, but like, it's going to, I'm going to enjoy it more. I'll catch up on that later. Like that's a huge shift that I think you don't get to experience. You don't get the luxury of having when you're in such a serious prepping situation or even in more of a serious Mm -hmm. cut. Mm -hmm. But like, to like kind of wrap up that question, like, yeah. So like it got into like that weird point where like, some fear foods had developed like very much everything was like protein carbs and fats like I only saw like numbers I didn't see it for like what it actually was um I think you know body dysmorphia was like really heavy I got like better um I waited probably eight another eight months seven months till I put myself into a cut again I cut for like that last summer and then like I said I um 
my body image finally got good around that time. Um, obviously, obviously like when you're leaner, like you see the progress that you made, like it's good. Um, but then like when I came out of that cut, like in September, like right around after my birthday, like I've been in maintenance ever since. And like, the cool thing is, is like, I finally feel like I'm regulated again, which is like, wow. Cause like I did a show like a year and a half ago. Like you know, it took so- a while. <laughs> it's a freaking while but like I'm finally cool with like okay like I you know like there's more fat on me there's more muscle on me but like I'm like oh you cute like yeah like you know like uh it just takes it takes forever it takes time and like that again goes back to that instant gratification piece like it takes so much time and people just like don't give it the time and I knew I would get here um but it really is just like a process you have to trust it and I think I'm I was able to do that because again of like just like how I yeah I'm disciplined I execute like I know in the long run like it'll be fine you know it'll be fine it's all gonna work out the way it's supposed to but when in the moment you're like what am I doing this is going nowhere no and you really have to like fight off those thoughts and they're everywhere. I mean, they really are. It's like, I want to have this tomorrow. Like I, I mean, personally, I go through, like, I want to cut. No, I want to bulk. No, I want to cut. I want to Like <laughs> one day is one yeah. thing and the next day is the next, but like staying consistent is like something you're a testament to because most people would not stay in a phase for as long as you are. And we get like impatient and kind of want to switch, but you have your best interest, like future Kayla, mm-hmm. you have her best interest at heart, which mm-hmm. that's huge because a lot of people want what they want, like yesterday. So yeah. And like, that love the food like I just love oh food is so good and like when you have like those like days that you do are like you are off track because they happen like for me like I'm just like oh well you know I'm kind of already in a maintenance like reverse bulk whatever like you know it's not like we're chilling like and like I'm in a cut right now and like I did not track yesterday and girl, I ate well. And I was like, this is totally fine. Like I'm living my life, you know, one day here, one day there is not going to put me completely off track. And I think that's the biggest mindset shift is like, we can do this healthfully. And there's a line where it starts to get unhealthy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that I think has become so blurred, so blurred that line, Um, you know, with anything, things get, you know, there's like a definitely a big gray area and like people I think like flirt with that line like way too often. So again, another good reason to have a coach like and a therapist and a therapist like oh we need all goodness. the help we can get over here. Uh, yes, there's never too much help. You yeah, know? you never have like, too many people in your corner. No, not I want at like all. the biggest cheering section and I'll pay all of them to be there. <laughs> aren't we in sororities didn't we already do that like yeah that's fair I paid for friends <laughs> I paid for friends too it's fine <laughs> oh like, I'm not gosh. paying you though I'm not paying you no actually no this is real <laughs> hopefully I'll see you somewhat soon that's all I gotta say I know I think I think we're gonna do another August meetup Ooh, I might Virginia. pop in actually yeah. I'll be in London I lied yeah miss world traveler i'll be back don't worry oh my god she's like i'm gonna be in london but i'm like okay but no i'm going to germany in october so i'm super excited oh my goodness and like we get to do these things because we have a balance like 
balance in life. Like I'm not freaking out about going to London. She's not freaking about no. going to Germany and drinking all the beer. Like we live once we okay. love fitness. We love health. We love our jobs. We love our bodies, but like food is also a great thing and you should restrict yourself in order to like live a good life. And what's that? Say? What, what do people say? Memories over macros. <laughs> Oh, it's such a corny saying. I'm never saying that ever again. Um, but it's true. You know, like it is uh, true. You know, you'll never get to experience any of those things again. Like, you know, like there will always be those situations, but like I'm never gonna hopefully get married again. Um, like, you know, like I'll maybe not I'll never experience Germany again. Like I'll never experience Austria again. Like I'm never gonna experience like, you know, all these certain things. Like, why? would I look back and be like, oh my God, like, why didn't I just like let loose? Like have fun, Yeah, you know? No, for sure. Like, like, I don't know. So yeah, which unfortunately, like I get like some people can't see. Um, but yeah. I, That's yeah. why you go to therapy. Exactly. Exactly. Let me help you. Let me guide you to the light. You know? Oh my I'm gosh, I love it. that. I'm not going to do it for you, but like, I will help you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what last words would you like to leave with the people? Is there anything you wanted to say? Anything you wanted to plug? I don't know if I really plug myself. Um, my Instagram is private. It's always going to be private. I'm not going to accept you on there. That is for me and my life and the people I want to see. I am public on TikTok though. Um, so I do post some target hauls. I post some gym stuff. Um, I haven't really posted any therapy stuff, so, um, maybe I should start doing that. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I want everyone, it sounds so cliche, but because like, I've had like lost in my life recently and like, just like the things that I see going on, like if you're struggling, please reach out. Like you are loved, you are cared about. There are people that want to see see to see you succeed and people that are willing to help you people that don't even know you are willing to do that um if you let them and give them the opportunity to do so so please there are so so many resources out there there are so many hotlines i'll put a few of them in the description too like some of the hotlines and websites and stuff yeah and the biggest website i can think of is like psychology today to look for a therapist um you know so there's so many resources out there and if you need help just reach out even like shoot me a DM, like, you know, like I know, you know, so many, like so many different like therapies or like drug and alcohol, anything related to that. Like I'm very, very willing to help. Um, but please just don't be afraid to ask. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you. I appreciate everything that you shared. Um, and I'll be seeing you hopefully soon or then later. But yes, thank you for everything. (laughs) Me too. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you're at the gym, on the road, cleaning, or walking your dog, I am so glad you chose to spend the last few minutes with me. Find all the links to connect with me in the show notes. And if you have a question or an idea for a guest, please submit the form also found in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe or follow to never miss a new episode drop. And until next time.